Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. I'm Andy Johnson. I'm your host, along with my co-host, Dan Pizer. Hi, Dan. Hey there, Andy. All right. So um, Dan and I work on this podcast trying to help uh, e-commerce businesses and their tax advisors stay on top of the ever-changing world of sales tax. And uh, Dan, today we thought it would be good to talk about different types of customers that e-commerce businesses have. And specifically, for some reason, I don't know why this has come to mind, but just talking about if you have schools or universities as customers, how should, how should you charge them tax? Are they blanket exempt or are they taxable is the blanket rule? Um, is there a difference between private schools and public schools? Um, if, you, if you have school customers in certain states, you just might assume that, hey, schools just by definition aren't taxable. And in those states, you'd be correct, but then you would be totally wrong in the states that say no schools are tax exempt. Dan, name some states where no type of school, private, public, primary, university, whatever, none of those are exempt. Tell me the states where that's true. Well, I'm going to go with California off the bat because they tax every one of their, uh, they tax all, all of their, even their own government. Uh, sales, their state and local governments are taxable. Um, also, uh, I believe uh, Arizona and, and Arkansas. You know, uh, I've noticed that um, over the years that Arizona tends to follow California's rules. They seem to just, they, they're like, want to be California in a lot of ways. Bleed through effect from the border? Yeah, maybe so. Except there's no border well, with Oh, this airs, yeah, they do have a border with the way down low there. True. So Arizona, yeah, they, there's another state that really doesn't offer hardly any exemption to schools. California across the board. You mentioned Arkansas. Who else? And then, uh, oddly enough, South Carolina. The, uh, I don't, I don't believe they've got any. They don't offer exemptions to schools either. And of course, uh, Hawaii. And, and Hawaii is one of those gross receipts states that taxes everybody. Uh, but New Mexico is also a gross receipt state that taxes everything, yet they do have an exemption for sales to all different types of schools. South Dakota is another one of the gross receipt states that taxes everything, but they have an exemption for all types of schools. So Hawaii... Go ahead. I was going to say, I've, I've always kind of felt Hawaii is a true gross receipt state. They really, Hawaii doesn't exempt much of anything. They're, they don't have any carve outs. They never have. And I don't, I don't suspect that they ever will. Whereas Arizona, New Mexico, uh, those, those states, South Dakota, they, they do have gross receipt states and they, they do try to put it on the seller. But they really, if you if you dig down into it, they, they kind of do have some of the trappings of the sales tax, or certainly close enough to close enough that you, you get you do get exemptions, carve outs, resale, uh, and everything else associated with that. Yep, yep. When it comes to services, those usual suspects tax just about every every service. So it's interesting that they do carve out, as you mentioned, for schools. 
Now, Dan, uh, how about North Carolina? North Carolina, uh, if you sell to a school in North Carolina, uh, pretty much you have to collect sales tax, assuming you have Nexus and you're selling something taxable. But what is unique about the North Carolina treatment of schools and universities? Well, North Carolina makes them make schools and universities, and I think a lot of the other nonprofits in general, they have to pay the tax up front. So they have to pay it to the vendor, and then they, they have to turn around and on a semi-annual basis, they have to submit for a refund of those taxes from the, the Department of Revenue. Uh, and where this can be very important for our sellers is uh, whenever we deal with, with states that do this refund mechanism that you have to go back to the state, be very careful uh, that you don't have a, a, the buyer just kind of put bully you into just, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have to take, claim the tax. It's going to end up being exempt anyway. Give me a break and don't charge the tax. Uh, we, we've, we've seen this happen before. And uh, the, the state will hold you to it. Yeah. So the state will uh, not exempt the seller. The seller has to collect the tax. And uh, yeah, I agree with you, Dan. It's a really good point. Don't let the purchaser, your customer, bully you into not collecting the tax. You have to collect it. And it's up to them to file it. It's, it's sort of like a rebate method. And I think the state is kind of hoping that half the people don't actually go for the rebate and that allows them to change their estimates of how much tax they're losing by this particular exemption. I'm sure that factored into the mechanism, don't you? It would not surprise me come budget time if that was very much a consideration. The next thing, if you have schools or universities as a customer, yes, you need to know what the state's general treatment is and the general treatment by the majority of states exempt at least most types of schools. But the next thing you have to know is beyond what states just don't help for any exemption at all, make sure you charge collect, I mean charge tax in those states. But if they do offer an exemption, do they make a distinction between um, whether the school is private or public or whether the school is um, secondary, primary, or a college and university. So Dan, first thing I wanna cover is uh, private colleges and universities. There are some states that offer a limited exemption. So I'd like to delve into, because it's either yes or no. So many states offer just a, a blanket exemption for purchases or sales to uh, colleges and universities. But Ohio, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, and Washington offer limited exemptions. So Dan, can you tell us about Ohio? Then I'll tell us about Oklahoma. Well, Ohio does have, Ohio, uh, they, they offer a, uh, a, a much, they offer a general exemption for public colleges and universities, uh, as well as the primary and secondary because they're instrumentalities of the, of the state government. And, the government does not see fit to tax itself in these cases. Uh, in the case of the uh, of private colleges and institutions, uh, it tends to be a little more limited. Uh, it's where they where they do have a, a general exemption for uh, non 
nonprofits that are operated for some kind of a charitable purchase purpose. And that includes uh, promotion of education uh, by qualified instructors. And so uh, for, for the nonprofits, uh, there is a, a limited exemption where you have to be careful as if they are a for-profit school, then, then uh, that, that exemption is not going to apply. And that's where a lot of the limitation comes in on that. So the, right. your, your, your for-profit schools are, are kind of going to get the tax on that one. So if you're an e-commerce seller selling goods to a private college uh, in Ohio, then um, it really to any any state that offers an exemption, just make sure you collect the right certificate. And in Ohio, not every private college automatically uh, um, qualifies. They have to meet those criteria that you just mentioned. And I think that uh, Oklahoma is very, very similar. Uh, it's interesting just to distinguish between uh, public and private. So in Ohio and Oklahoma, uh, pr public universities are just flat out exempt, uh, every, everything they buy. But in Ohio and Oklahoma, the, if they're private, they have to meet additional criteria to qualify. Um, what can you tell me about uh, Rhode Island? Oh, Rhode Island. Well, Rhode Island is, uh, uh, again, the Public schools get the, the unlimited exemption for being instrumentalities, uh, but they're, uh, they, again, if, if you're dealing with, when you're talking about the private, both the primary and secondary schools and the, the colleges themselves, uh, it has to be, uh, they put restrictions on it. It has to be an educational institute. They have to be empowered by the state to give diplomas have a regular faculty, uh, and then they have to uh, they have to keep and furnish records. So they really, to me, this feels more like they're trying to uh, they're they're what they're trying to do is differentiate your your actual brick and mortar school from all of these this new category of online learning that's popping up. And uh, I think you're going to, you may start seeing that in some of these other states as, as your things like uh, uh, the University of Phoenix and, and all these e-learning programs uh, as they try to take advantage of some of these uh, to the extent that they have somebody in state as they try to take advantage of some of their purchasing power that they may, you know, some of the states may limit these exemptions to really look for the, the kind of these brick and mortar locations and favor them. Yep. Um, let me tell you about Washington. Washington is an interesting case because in the state of Washington, there is no broad-based exemption for purchases by any type of school, be it public, private, primary, secondary, college and university. However, there is an exemption for goods that are donated to the, to the university. So, I guess a way that a university could buy a bunch of computers tax-free would be have a donor uh, buy all of them and donate the computers to the school. So uh, that's, that's likely a way that uh, schools, that, that, that's true across all the different types of school in Washington. And I did not know that before. 
Oh, that that's uh, that sounds about right. Uh, Washington is Washington's like California in that they tax their own their own state their own state local governmental purchases. So, really doesn't surprise me that they're having to find donations as a kind of a workaround to to get around that. All right, Dan. Let's say you're an e-commerce seller and you're selling to the children's school. You know, public primary and secondary schools. That that would seem to be politically, that would be the the most exempt organization you could possibly sell to, right? But yeah. even so, I noticed that Arizona, as we mentioned, uh, Arkansas, California, Hawaii, we've talked about already, um, South Carolina, they, they still don't, they even tax the children. It seems almost... Uh, practically unpatriotic. Like, how can we do this? Mm. Um, there is a limited exemption in North Carolina. So let's, I'd, I'd like to dive into this limited exemption. Uh, whereas in North Carolina, as we mentioned, for uh, colleges and universities, it's taxable and it's up to them to submit for a semi annual refund. Um, but there is a limited exemption in North Carolina, even though they're generally taxable. Uh, if you're a public, if, if you're buying uh, books that are on the adopted list uh, and the s- selling price is fixed by state contract, then those, those things a school can buy tax-free. So if you're selling those type of materials to a school in North Carolina, you're good. Or if you're selling or renting, I take it, mobile classroom sold to local school boards. That's the limited exemption. Otherwise, everything's taxable in North Carolina, and it's up to them, up to the school to submit for that refund. Now, it looks like that refund we talked about um, is only available to qualified organizations and institutions, and I don't know if uh, that same would extend to uh, to like primary and secondary public schools. So looks like it wouldn't. Um, how about um, in contrast uh, purchases by private and primary secondary school? I just want to scan to see if there are some difference between public and private uh, across the board. There, there is a difference in Louisiana. Can you tell me about why Louisiana has only a limited exemption for private schools, but a full exemption for public schools. Well, Louisiana for, the, for primary and secondary schools, uh, even the, the private ones there, uh, they, the exemption that applies is is the same as the exemption for for the nonprofits. It has to be uh, a private school organized under five hundred one c three. And the exemption is the exemption itself is limited to uh, books, workbooks, computers, computer software, films, video, and audio tapes. Whereas the uh, at the uh, collegiate level, uh, colleges get a general a more general exemption, assuming that they're a, a member of uh, the independent colleges and, and universities, and uh, some. Uh, you always encourage people to be very careful with this. Um, we've we've seen it in some other states as well, where the exemption for colleges 
sometimes can be limited to certain schools. Uh, so for whatever reason, the, the, the exemptions were written to, to favor some schools over the others. Uh, maybe, maybe somebody, maybe a legislator's uh, uh, some school lost to a rival and they decided to punish them in the next legislative session. All right. Um, so we've talked specifically about schools and um, colleges and universities, primary, secondary. But there is another category if you sell to something called a nonprofit educational organization, there may be separate rules for these types of entities. So uh, here's one example is, is Minnesota. Minnesota says that all schools are exempt, public, private, uh, but they only offer a limited exemption for nonprofit educational organizations. So they, they say that generally speaking, these types of organizations are exempt from sales tax. Um, and here's their qualifications. Is it's gotta be organized and operated exclusively for charitable, religious, or educational purposes. Has to be 501c3. And uh, they provided this exemption to the extent that their purchases are used in the performance of their charitable, religious, or educational functions. However, this exemption does not apply to purchases of lodging, prepared food, candy, soft drinks, alcoholic beverages, um, leasing certain motor vehicles and certain construction materials. So in general, uh, purchases by nonprofit educational organizations in Minnesota would be tax exempt, um, but it just has to be used for that, uh, the mission of the, of the nonprofit educational organization. I'm trying to see are there other states where there is a uh, where the school is exempt, but the nonprofit organizational nonprofit educational organization has some sort of restrictions. So Utah is one of those. Utah just uh, exempts all types of schools, uh, except they say purchases made by nonprofit educational organizations are subject to sales tax. Um, is there is it's not like any nonprofit can buy anything exempt in Utah. It has to be specific ones, and there is no specific exemption for something called nonprofit educational organization. So once again, if you're a um, e-commerce business, really any type of business, and you're selling to schools and universities, it can be tempting to make broad-based assumptions. Like, no, all schools are exempt. You, that would be correct in many states, except depending on the state, for one, and depending on whether it's private or public, and depending on whether it's actually a school or just a, an organization, uh, the rules can vary quite a bit. So, Dan, hopefully that's been helpful to our um, e-commerce listeners who have these types of customers. One thing that it points out, then I'll give you the final word is that when you have Nexus somewhere and you're selling goods, taxable goods, which books and desks and chairs and are by default taxable. If, if your customer is telling you don't charge me sales tax, make sure you have a valid certificate from that customer on file to document uh, your exempt sale because in an audit, that's the only thing that will save you. And Dan, I'll give you the final word. 
Thank you, Andy. Uh, you're absolutely right on that. The a valid exemption certificate is is uh, always kind of a, the gold standard on audit. Uh, occasionally, states for if if you're selling to a public school, occasionally states will accept it just that the contract is to the school and the school pays directly. But even then, there's some states that do require the school use a specific exempt number. So as a blanket policy, we usually recommend get the certificate if you can. And uh, we we, we kind of wanted to, to go over this for our e-commerce listeners to show some of the reasons to, to not just blindly accept it's a sale to a school, it's got to be exempt, that there are nuances to it. Uh, clients are always surprised when they find out that that some of these states even tax sales to themselves or or to the uh, to their lo- instrumentalities and localities. Uh, we're we're certainly not trying to tell our e-commerce sellers that they need to stop every time they sell a widget to a school and consult the consult the statute and and start reading up on it. But always be aware that you need to get an exemption certificate. It needs to be completely filled out. It needs to be state everything in detail. And preferably list, if at all possible, list list a, a qualifying statutory or regulatory reason for why they're exempt. Uh, some, in our experience, some will uh, some will give a specific certificate with an exemption number on it. Others have a letter issued to them that says, "Give a copy of this to to whosoever asks for a certificate." Uh, it, it really the certificate will vary, and that's certainly a topic for another day. Just make sure you're getting something other than I'm other than the statement that I'm exempt. Stupid! Don't charge me tax. Because when the auditor comes in, uh, then if the auditor comes in, then they they don't always accept that. They don't go with the I'm exempt. Stupid reason. Not every time. All right, Dan. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing, and uh, thank you to all of you listening in. And uh, we wish you all the best in your e-commerce business, and we'll see you next week.